Mike Kelly, TSN NHL Network Analyst. Mike, how's it going, man? <laughs> Trying to survive the heat. Oh. But, uh, again, I don't like being the guy that complains about how hot it is because we deal with all these cold winters. So yes. uh, it's all good. You just got to be close to, close to a lake. That's all. Exactly. Yeah, th- that, that's the big difference. Stay inside or close to a lake. Uh, Mike, now if we look at, I'll start with the John Tavares signing with the May Police, and then we'll roll from there. Of course, it came down a, a little while ago. Shea Weber is going to be out um, five to six months. But for Tavares to the Leafs, now we're all excited. Leafs Nation, we're, we're, everybody's pumped. But what does this mean? How does it affect the Leafs' lineup overall? Because JVR is out the door, so you lose 36 goals there. How do you see Tavares coming and impacting the look of this Leafs lineup as it stands now? Well, I think it's entirely possible that John Tavares could have the best offensive season of his career playing in Toronto next year. I mean, there's enough there to, to, to certainly suggest that. But, you know, Tavares and Austin Matthews both predictably faced pretty tough competition last year when they were on the ice as, as top centermen. So, number one, the, the fact that you've got these two guys in your team now on two separate lines they're they're going to be able to split some of those tough assignments that, that they're used to getting um, a little more evenly. And that will allow them to be on the ice against lesser players more often. So that's number one. Number two, it looks like John Tavares will be playing with Mitch Marner. You know, for me, this is going to be the most gifted winger John Tavares has ever played with from a playmaking standpoint. So, you know, Tavares last season second in the NHL only to Alex Ovechkin who led the league in goals in terms of generating shots from the middle of the ice from the slot area he did that on a line with Anders Lee and Josh Bailey you know two guys with unique skill sets of their own but um, you know elite playmaking wouldn't be one of them so now he's got Mitch Marner an incredible zone entry guy in terms of getting into the offensive zone with the puck a really good player in terms of maintaining puck possession in the offensive zone with how dynamic he is and a really good player in terms of funneling pucks into those contested areas. John Tavares scored 37, I think, goals last season. Um, he's never been a 40-goal guy. He's never been a 90-point guy. Playing with Mitch Marner, those things could change. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and, and I like your point that you brought up, that with Austin Matthews, now you can split the attention. Right, you have teams have to legitimately pay attention, and it also helps the Leafs in that if Matthews goes into a slump or struggles a game, Tavares is there to pick you up. Vice versa. Also, the opportunities on the power play are, are just have Leaf fans drooling. Do you play them together? Do you separate them? Like, what do you think that means to the power play? Tavares coming in. Well, that's an interesting question. So he, you know, I, I believe last year in New York, he had Barzell on one side, um, I think on the left side, and Tavares on the right side. So that's Mitch Marner's spot, really. Um, if, if you, depending on how, you, if you want to have these guys on the same unit or not, I think what the Maple Leafs are going to miss and what they won't be able to replace is the JVR um, on that goal post down on the goal line. Right. He was so good. Um, at, at making plays with the puck in really, first of all, really quickly, but also with a really limited amount of space. He could get it up quick. You know, he'd go through his legs. We'd see those plays. Great net front guy. One of the better net front guys in the league overall and certainly on the power play. Uh, and he was a big reason that that unit that he was on had so much success. So no matter what, they're going to miss that element. And there's a lot of power plays in the league that have dynamic players that, that aren't particularly productive. So just having a lot of skill out there isn't enough. 
Um, you know, I looked at Chicago last year, and they've got a ton of talent. They'd throw the puck east-west, bomb shots from the point. Wasn't a, an unbelievable power play by any means. So um, that that's going to be interesting for Mike Babcock to try to figure out what his best um, plan of attack is in terms of situating the talent that he has. Do you put Marner on one side and, and Tavares on another? Um, you know, where are you putting Matthews and all of this? So uh, it, it's kind of difficult to forecast, I think, what the best setup is going to be uh, without – Put, you know, putting a plan of attack in place, seeing how it works, and adjusting from there. Now, Mike, not that he's the same type of goal scorer or as prolific, certainly, as JVR, but could Josh Levo be someone that could fill in that down-low spot in place? Big body, a little bit of touch. Is that somebody that you could it kind of be a poor man's JVR in that type of role? Yeah, it's, it's a good point that you bring up. I mean, it, just in terms of that, that uh, skill set, it seems like it could be a fit. Um, you know, whether or not they want to go down that road, we'll, we'll wait and see. Josh Levo wasn't a guy with a ton of power play experience at the NHL level, but, um, you know, on paper, I, I, it totally makes sense what you're saying that, you know, potentially that could be a fit. It, the interesting thing about the Maple Leafs, right, is it, it's, it, they had the luxury last year of having two really good power play units where you could separate your talent. I mean, Austin Matthews wasn't on the first unit or, or the unit that was most productive anyways. Um, so, you know, they, they attack things a little bit differently in, in where other teams, you'll see them load up one unit and that unit will get most of the time. Toronto split it pretty even and, and they had really skilled players on both units. Um, so I, I would expect, and I think the, the probably the best plan of attack would be to stick to something similar. But no matter who they have down there or how they do it, uh, it's going to have to operate differently than it did last season. In conversation with Mike Kelly from TSN and NHL Network, NHL analyst. Now, Mike, you tweeted out from at Mike Kelly NHL about Eric Carlson and a trade. It's it's coming at some point to who who knows. But you tweeted out a look at how dominant he is in terms of dictating play, the puck possession per game. Can you go over a bit of that? Because we all get caught up with just kind of in general how good Carlson is. But when you really break up how much he controls play, it makes him even more valuable. Yeah, Eric Carlson is one of the best drivers um, of offense in the National Hockey League in, in terms of things like puck possession and actually measuring, you know, possession driving plays. So how often do you successfully move the puck up ice? And that's, you know, skating it over your own blue line, the red line, the attacking blue line, passing the puck, north passes that are, are completions up the ice. Um, everybody knows Eric Carlson's an unbelievable player. Uh, a generational type player any given year, uh, potentially a top three player in the league. I I still don't think people know really how good this guy is and how much he means to the Ottawa Senators. They were a terrible team last year with Eric Carlson and with how good he was. So, you know, the ability to have the puck on your stick, first of all, uh, he had the puck on his stick more than any player in the league on a per game basis. He missed a bit of time with injury. So if you measure it on a per game basis, he has the puck more than anyone. I talk about those possession driving plays, moving the puck up ice. He did that at a higher rate than anyone. He completed more stretch passes per game than anyone. And once he's into the offensive zone, you know, we all know what he's capable of. You look over the last five years, he's 20th in the National Hockey League in points per game. That's out of everybody. He's number one amongst defensemen. So, you know, the Senators, you, you look at puck possession, they were 28th in the league last season. And he was first. You look at, you know, these uh, getting the puck out of your end, like stretch passes as an, as an example. 
They were 26th in the league. He was first. Where are they going to be without this guy? So yeah. just, from, just from an on-ice perspective, he is such a bus driver, a guy that just drives play into the other end and, and gets the puck out of your own end. Um, you know, he's good with the puck in his own end. Sure, a lot of turnovers, but like I said, he's got the puck more than anyone else. He's going to turn the puck over a lot. But if you break it down in a percentage, so based on the amount of times he has the puck, his turnover rate's actually really low. He's in the top 30 amongst defensemen in the NHL. He's an unbelievable player. The Senators are going to be, you know, they're, they were in trouble last year with him. Without him, they're in deep, deep trouble, assuming that he gets moved. Um, and and for, for, you know, it's funny, today's the fifth, the, the five-year anniversary of, of Daniel Alfredson leaving yeah. Ottawa out of, uh, to Detroit in free agency. And you can speculate why that happened. Um, you know, it, the speculation is it's a lot of the same reason Eric Carlson's leaving. Um, he doesn't want to be on that team anymore. And for this organization to allow this to happen in a span of five years, the two greatest players that have ever played for the organization, two captains, Hall of Fame caliber, caliber players, um, man, it is just, you know, it's a gong show what's happening in Ottawa right now. Yeah, it's pretty pretty shameful and disappointing just from a hockey perspective. Now, Mike, I, I hosted over the weekend here on TSN 1050 NHL free agency shows after Tavares signed and through this week on Toronto Today, and I keep getting on Twitter at AndyMC81, people tweeting me saying, hey, well, the Leafs need to build that super team. Get Carlson. People are getting hung up with, with the, the, the LeBron angle. And I keep saying, look, it's not like when we were kids, Mike, and you could, before the salary cap, and you could say, hey, get player X, Y, and it's whoever's richest. That's a lot of money. I say it's not a possibility. Is there any way that Carlson could be an option for the Maple Leafs via trade? It seems ridiculous, but I want to I satisfy the Twitter followers here. I don't see how it is. Um, I, yeah, because I don't think I don't think Eric Carlson, uh, and this is speculation. I don't get the sense that Eric Carlson has interest in in signing. You know, uh, first of all, he's under contract next season. So, would he have interest in signing a one year deal at a really high uh, dollar value to potentially win a cup in a place like Toronto? I, I don't get that sense, especially given the injury trouble that he's had. If I'm Eric mm-hmm. Carlson. I'm locking up a long-term deal, and he'll get a long-term deal. He's that good, and he deserves it. Um, but could the Maple Leafs fit him in under the cap on a $7 million deal at, at market value? He's a guy that's already said he wants to get what he's worth, not taking a discount uh, you know, wherever he goes. I, I don't think it's a possibility. It, it, you know, People are questioning how the Maple Leafs are going to, to get Nylander and Matthews and Marner all locked up with John Tavares coming there. Kyle Dubas said, you know, they will, and I believe they will, and I don't think that's an issue. You add Carlson to the mix. I, I don't think it's apples-to-apples apples comparison, the NBA and the NHL, when you talk about creating these super teams. The NBA have five all-stars like they do in Golden State and put you and me on the bench. It doesn't yeah, make a difference, right? Exactly. You've got, you got five guys. That's all you need. Maybe a sixth man that's, that's decent. Um, you know, hockey, you've got 18 guys. You need a couple goalies. And injuries are, are a lot more frequent. Uh, so I, I don't think it's an apples-to-apples comparison. I don't think the, the Maple Leafs, you know, Eric Carlson going to Toronto doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. No, and uh, another thing that makes it so different is we see how good John Tavares 
is as a player on the island without a supporting cast. He couldn't do anything. In the NBA, LeBron James took a cast of nobodies to the finals. Like, that's the difference. One guy can truly be the difference maker in basketball and hockey. You need great players, but you need multiple great players and a whole team look. Yeah, you want a good example of that? Look at where our Eric Carlson played last year. Great point. Right? Like, yep. I talk about, yep. you know, great Connor McDavid, I think we can argue, is, is the best player in the NHL. Um, but like I said, in terms of just driving offense, the puck up the ice, Eric Carlson is the best every year or one of the best every year. And he could not drag the Ottawa Senators to anything. You can't do it in hockey. In conversation with Mike Kelly, TSN NHL Network Analyst, on Twitter, at Mike Kelly NHL. Last one for you here, Mike. Now, Shea Weber, uh, news coming down on TSN Frank Saravelli reporting just under an hour ago. will miss five to six months after undergoing surgery in Colorado to repair a torn meniscus in his right knee. Now, you talk about the Sens being in trouble and having a bad year. Canadians right there with him. You lose Shea Weber, who you gave up for P.K. Subban, of course. What does the loss like that mean to Montreal, and just as a whole, that organization just continues to flounder. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough news for an organization that's had a lot of tough news, for sure. And, you know, the the instant reaction, I guess, is it it just makes a trade that was unpopular, uh, even that much more unpopular. Um, You know, I know a lot of people feel very strongly about P.K. Subban, um, you know, being light years ahead of Shea Weber. I think they'd bring very different skill sets, but in terms of the value they can bring, if both healthy, um, I, I don't think it's, it's that crazy of a mismatch. The, the thing that stings here, obviously, is, is, you know, they need Shea Weber for so many different reasons. And you saw what the team was like last. They're, they're, they're a team that has a lot of square pegs, round holes, just guys not where they should be, either playing up too far in the lineup or playing positions they shouldn't be playing. So what this does is, yeah, not only are you missing Shea Weber, but again, you've got guys that are going to have to eat minutes they're not capable of eating. You know, Carl Alsner is going to have to eat minutes that he's not capable of eating. Um, I thought Jeff Petrie did a, a really nice job um, playing in a top four role and even a top two role for, for parts of that season. Uh, but again, it's over the course of, you know, we're talking months now to start the year. It's a lot to handle. Shea Weber is capable of eating so, you know, very, very difficult minutes. He's, he's year in, year out, a guy that handles some of the toughest minutes of any player in the league. Uh, he can play a lot. He's tough to play against. And, you know, the, the, the Canadians weren't very good in the limited time he was in the lineup last year anyways, but their goaltending was so bad, it didn't matter if, if Bobby Orr was on the ice, yeah. that, that was a team that was going to struggle to win games. But, you know, for a team trying to right the ship a little bit and, and at least have more positivity this year, it's going to be difficult. Um, now, that said, you know, they, their biggest problem last year was scoring goals. It wasn't so much keeping them out of the net, although they weren't great in that area. But they, they didn't allow a ton. You know, they weren't terrible in allowing difficult shots on net. Um, you know, some metrics defensively, they weren't terrible. So you get Shea Weber back, it's going to help you tremendously. The fact that they don't have him, if they can get Carey Price back to what he was, um, you know, they will be better defensively no matter what, no matter who's in the lineup. It's putting the puck in the net that's going to continue to plague that team, and it's something that they haven't addressed. So, uh, yeah, tough news for an organization that's had a lot of tough news in the last year. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Appreciate it. Try to stay cool. I'm in air conditioning right now. It's fantastic. Uh, We'll do, and and same to you. We'll chat soon. All right. Thanks, Mike. Mike Kelly.
TSN NHL Network analyst on Twitter at Mike Kelly NHL.